August 17th. Today, as we look into the New Testament, our reading will be from the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 11, verses 1 through 16. We'll see as we read here that some matters discussed in this chapter may have only local significance, but the spiritual principles apply to us today. When it comes to sharing in public worship, we must ask ourselves some serious questions. One of those questions is, do I dishonor authority? You know, we got to be careful not to dishonor the Lord, no matter what the cultural standards may be. God has established headship in creation and in the church, and He intends for us to respect it. And with that, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. August 17th, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 1 through 16. And you Corinthians should follow my, Paul's, example, just as I follow Christ's. I am so glad, dear friends, that you always keep me in your thoughts and you are following the Christian teaching I passed on to you. But there is one thing I want you to know. A man is responsible to Christ, a woman is responsible to her husband, and Christ is responsible to God. A man dishonors Christ if he covers his head while praying or prophesying, but a woman dishonors her husband if she prays or prophesies without a covering on her head, for this is the same as shaving her head. Yes, if she refuses to wear a head covering, she should cut off all her hair. And since it is shameful for a woman to have her hair cut or her head shaved, then she should wear a covering. A man should not wear anything on his head when worshiping, for man is God's glory, made in God's own image. But woman is the glory of man. For the first man didn't come from woman, but the first woman came from man. And man was not made for woman's benefit, but woman was made for man." So a woman should wear a covering on her head as a sign of authority, because the angels are watching. But in relationships among the Lord's people, women are not independent of men, and men are not independent of women. For although the first woman came from man, all men have been born from women ever since, and everything comes from God. What do you think about this? Is it right for a woman to pray to God in public without covering her head? Isn't it obvious that it's disgraceful for a man to have long hair? And isn't it obvious that long hair is a woman's pride and joy? For it has been given to her as a covering. But if anyone wants to argue about this, all I can say is that we have no other custom than this, and all the churches of God feel the same way about it. Today a reading in the book of Psalms from chapter 35, verses 1 through 16. We'll see that like David, you need God's deliverance from two different enemies. First of all, those who attack you. There are places in this world where it's a dangerous thing to be a Christian, and their number may increase. After all, Satan is a murderer and would destroy all of God's people if he could. But the Lord fights for us. He has effective weapons. And he knows the enemy's plots, and that's a good thing. If you belong to the Lord, he's responsible to care for you, and you can count on him to do that. You need deliverance from those who accuse you as well. Satan is an accuser as well as a murderer. So David had to move from uh, the battlefield to the courtroom where his enemies were lying about him. 
His prayer changed from fight for me to vindicate me. But his concern was that God's name, not his own, be magnified. When the enemy slanders your name, he attacks the name of the Lord as well. I want you to note the results as we read here in Psalm 35. And my soul shall be joyful, and my tongue shall speak of your righteousness. Joy on the inside and witness on the outside. You know, Scripture really clarifies one thing. God only wants one thing from you, and it's only one thing you can really give Him, and it's your heart. Some people wonder why we come to church. It's because church is a time to where we let God sculpt our heart. Church is a time to where we let God put His Word in our heart. And church is a place where we can express our gratitude corporately for who He is and what He's done. But what God wants us to understand, He is representing us very well. Our representation isn't in Washington. It's not the State House. It's at His right hand, His Son that has died and rose again, our High Priest that has nail scars in His hands, ever lives to make representation before you through, oh Lord Jesus, help us. That's what God's trying to say. We're spending our energy, our time, and and we're fighting battles that already been won. Come on. Thanks be unto God that always causes us the triumph. Listen, in Christ Jesus, when He is the center, it's not just a song we sing. It is a life that Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. How many want a full life, an anointed life, a life with zest and power, then stand in awe? in who He is. We're weighed in the balance and we're found wanting. We still want, even though we have everything. See, the person who Jesus died for, Christ is the Savior of the whole world. Because of our sins, listen, the Creator became our Savior. That's what blows me away. It's not a cross. It is the cross and the person that was on that cross that amazes me. Because a lot of people died on the cross, but only one died and rose again. And only one was the creator of heaven and earth that hung and bled on that cross for me. To stand in all of God, it will idol-proof your heart. I need to understand that he's the potter and I'm the clay and he ain't finished yet, but he has begun a good work in me, is going to complete it. In fact, Paul said in Romans 8, you've been predestined to be conformed into the image of Christ. If there's an area of your life that's not reflecting the risen king, the divine sculptor is working on that area in your life. Look up, your redemption is drawing nigh. God will never leave nor forsake you until he has completed what he started in your life. We need to stand in all of him. He is my everything. The very breath in my lungs deserve to give him glory and honor. And where my assignment is, I'll stay and I'll cling there and give him the glory and praise if I feel like it or not. Naked you came in this world and naked you're going to return. But when you and I stand before the judgment seat of Christ, there's going to be fire in his eyes, and there's going to be some wood, there's going to be some hay, and there's going to be stubble. But the only thing is going to survive and last is that which was for his glory. 
It's all about Him. He's more than what we need, and He's already provided in this good news called the gospel. His death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and soon return. I want to stand in your awe. I want to live for your glory. Work on this heart. Here it is, Lord. Here is my heart. Cleanse it. Speak to it. Break it. Make it whole. Make it humble. Make it unique. Make it exclusively yours. Set it apart. And Lord, reveal. Open my understanding to the beauty of who you are. Your mercy, your kindness, your power, your love for me. Oh, Lord, here it is. Psalm 35, verses 1 through 16, a psalm of David. O Lord, oppose those who oppose me. Declare war on those who are attacking me. Put on your armor and take up your shield. Prepare for battle and come to my aid. Lift up your spear and javelin and block the way of my enemies. Let me hear you say, I am your salvation. Humiliate and disgrace those trying to kill me. Turn them back in confusion. Blow them away like chaff in the wind, a wind sent by the angel of the Lord. Make their path dark and slippery, with the angel of the Lord pursuing them. Although I did them no wrong, they laid a trap for me. Although I did them no wrong, they dug a pit for me. So let sudden ruin overtake them. Let them be caught in the snare they set for me. Let them fall to destruction in the pit they dug for me. Then I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be glad because He rescues me. I will praise Him from the bottom of my heart. Lord, who can compare with you? Who else rescues the weak and helpless from the strong? Who else protects the poor and needy from those who want to rob them? Malicious witnesses testify against me. They accuse me of things I don't even know about. They repay me with evil for the good I do. I am sick with despair. Yet when they were ill, I grieved for them. I even fasted and prayed for them. But my prayers returned unanswered. I was sad, as though they were my friends or family, as if I were grieving for my own mother. But they are glad now that I am in trouble. They gleefully joined together against me. I am attacked by people I don't even know. They hurl slander at me continually. They mock me with the worst kind of profanity, and they snarl at me. Proverbs 21, verses 17 and 18. Those who love pleasure become poor. Wine and luxury are not the way to riches. Sometimes the wicked are punished to save the godly, and the treacherous for the upright. <laughs> 